Hey everyone, it has been a wonderful Thursday in the college basketball arena and lots of really good games, close games. I mean, every single one, two, three, four seed had some struggles at some point, really showed that the playing field has been leveled. So we'll go through all of today's games. Uh, it is currently 2.32 in the morning. I'm hoping to get this podcast out before I go to bed, so that way you can wake up on Friday and listen to this and either you know listen to it in between the game during the commercials or have a point where you can listen to it before Saturday's games, which is what I'll be talking about later in the episode. But we're going to start off with a little bit of a recap from, from Thursday, uh, my old takes that I had, kind of going through those and what that might mean going forward. So I've broken the episode up in, in some general segments. Instead of doing, you know, like a, a recap of every single game-by-game game deal, uh, which you could probably get from some other media or, um, you know, just by looking at the ESPN app or the Score app or whatever you use, I'm going to try to combine my recap of the game with the takes that I had going into the game. So I've separated it into three types of takes. The first takes are the bad takes, because I like to start off with the bad news, all right? These are the takes where I was wrong. I call them the hand up takes, right? Put my hand up, I was wrong. So the first one of those is Iowa. I genuinely thought Iowa was the real deal. Winning the Big Ten Championship, thought they were legit. Clearly, that was not the case. I didn't think hard enough about this matchup against Richmond. I just assumed that they were going to be Uh, as dominant as they were before, that Jordan Bohannon would score more than six points and that the younger McCaffrey brother would not score zero points. I just, I had assumptions there that I should not have had. And so Iowa showed their weakness. And that is that they struggled against the height and the physicalness that Richmond brought. And Richmond, I would say, got a little bit lucky towards the end there. There were some odd foul calls and non-calls. I mean, there was a point where there was a three-point shot and clearly was a foul. I mean, you know, no debate. Announcers were saying it. Everybody was saying it. And the score was 60 to 57. Now, if Iowa gets that foul call, they can shoot at least three free throws and potentially tie the game up. Now, that didn't end up happening. Is what it is. Iowa shouldn't have won the game regardless. They played poorly. So I was very wrong about Iowa. Happy for Richmond. Go Spiders. The next take I was wrong on was Indiana. They got their asses handed to them. And I hope they cry all the way home to Bloomington because they really screwed my reputation here. They lost by 30 points against St. Mary's. Now, that's not necessarily you know their own fault. I think even if Indiana has a good game here, they lose. Not because Indiana is bad, but because St. Mary's played out of their minds. I don't think they could repeat this success. St. Mary's scores 82 points. But if you look at their, their three-pointers, they score 48% from, from the three-point line. They score 52% on their field goals. And if you look at the amount of turnovers that Indiana had, the amount of offensive rebounds that St. Mary's got were insane. They had 11 second-chance points. They got 26 points on those turnovers that Indiana made. I mean, it was just a really bad game overall for Indiana. They had zero good defense, which is what they were known for going into it. Xavier Johnson sucked. TJD had zero presence. I mean, it was an embarrassment. And it was a statewide embarrassment for Indiana. And if you're a Hoosier fan, you should be ashamed because this was the most piss poor performance I've ever seen. They were down 28 to 26. Very close game. And then all of a sudden, 
Something changes. They're down by 12 at the half and then losing by 30. And, you know, there was this part of me that said, oh, well, the, they had the 31-9 to run in the Big Ten championship. They'll In the Big Ten, uh, you know, tournament against Michigan. They could do it again. And that whole time I was hanging on to that hope. And as, you know, there's 15 minutes left, 10 minutes left. And, and then I, it starts clicking. I'm like, they're not going to win this game. And Indiana just could not play. They were awful all the way around. Um, I feel bad for them. You know, they played a tough game against Wyoming. They looked really good in that game. And, you know, maybe they were just tired. There, you know, there's a lot to it. And honestly, that's just the, that's the way the tournament goes. You play those playing games, you get disadvantaged. So it stinks, but I was wrong about Indiana. I thought they were going to have a run like UCLA had last year. It happens. The last one I will say I was wrong about was New Mexico State. I did not give these guys the respect they deserve. They were fantastic, played lights out, but I would argue that they still kind of caught lightning in the bottle here. They played fantastic. I mean, they deserve to win this game against UConn all day long. But if you look at the stats, then you got to kind of question, did I just get unlucky in my take, or are they really that good? Because they shot 65% from three-point. I mean, shooting 65% from the three-point line, that's not going to happen again. And when they play Arkansas there, you know, on Saturday, I, will, I would guarantee that they do not shoot more than 50% from the three-point line. And if they do, I will eat my words. And um, you know, if you leave a comment below, make a dare for me, I will do it. Because I am so confident they don't shoot 65% again. They will shoot less than 50% against Arkansas. The, the defense for UConn did not show today. And so they were getting three-point looks left and right that were totally free. They had 100% from their free throw line, which was great, 13 for 13. And then 23 out of 50, so 46% from the field. They looked great. Their offensive rebound game was great. Um, you know, they had a lot of great second chance points from that. They were very efficient on points on turnovers. They, uh, you know, played just a good game overall. I mean, their defense nor their offense were out, outstanding other than those three pointers, but they definitely deserved every bit of, of the win from them. That Teddy Allen guy just went off 37 points insane from a single player. So, um, good congrats next New Mexico state. I should have respected you a little bit more. That said, you're going to get murdered on Saturday. Sorry. So those are the uh, hand-up takes that I have. And my next segment is the B-button takes. So if you played uh, Madden growing up and you had an Xbox controller, there was the B-button, which if you clicked it, you would spin and uh, get your way out of a tackle. So I call them the B-button takes because these are my spin zone takes. You know, These are the ones where you know, I was kind of wrong, but I could spin my way out of it and be kind of right at the same time. So the first of those is Providence. Providence and uh, South Dakota State was a great game today. I mean, just back and forth, fantastic gameplay. There was a point where Providence took took a, a good lead and South Dakota State came back. It was a really good uh, storyline game. Now, Providence was favored by two points going into this, and I said, that's too close. Take South Dakota State money line. Bad pick. Hand up. Not a good pick. Um, and the reason why is because South Dakota State just did not have a good answer to Watson in the paint. Um, you know, Watson, their big guy, Providence's big guy, had a great game and really took uh, advantage of the, the the height disadvantage from South Dakota State. 
where they were just getting offensive rebounds, second chance points left and right. Um, they were able to get a lot of points in the paint, 28 points in the paint, which was really good. Um, and they were able to force a lot of turnovers and play decent defense. Shit happens. Now, there was also some, uh, you know, a little bit of luck. I think South Dakota State on a better day would have shot better. And um, if they kept their same percentages, weren't as pressured, um, they probably could have come back and won this game or not have been in trouble in the first place. I mean, the first half was very close back and forth. I I, I mean, I thought that South Dakota State was actually going to pull this off. So, you know, I was kind of right that Providence isn't all that good. But, you know, I think that when they play Richmond on Saturday, they are going to lose. Richmond does have an answer to Ben Watson. They have height. They have the physicality that Providence cannot handle. So I'm going to take Richmond. uh, Well, we'll get to the picks later, but I don't think that Providence necessarily proved me wrong that they're necessarily this amazing team. I mean, they they struggled against a 13th seed. Hardcore struggle. Losing for a lot of the game. So I'll say that I was somewhat wrong about them, but not totally. Even though I'm a big Providence guy. I love Ed Cooley. I want nothing more than for them to win the national championship. Would love to see it. It's just not going to happen. Next one is Gonzaga. Um, I had said that Gonzaga was going to blow this team out, Georgia State had zero chance, and that Gonzaga likes to beat up on small teams. Obviously, that did not happen. If you watch the game, it was a very close game for a while, 57 all at one point, um, and then Gonzaga turns on the gas and then starts cooking them, and Georgia State just does not play defense in the last, in the last part. Now, a lot of that is due to an injury. Um, Georgia State's big man... Uh, got injured in the middle of the game. And to be fair, if he had stayed in, I think this game goes down to the wire. I think Georgia State potentially even wins. Because Gonzaga was just getting shut out. You know, they were getting outplayed. And, you know, they were not being as physical. They weren't putting as much effort into it. They looked tired. They didn't look good. They were sloppy. I think that, yeah, they only shot 28% from the three-point line. They were 5 of 18, which is very unlike them. Um, they were 53% from the free throw line. If they made free throws, this game's like a 30-40 point game, not a 21 point game, right? Free throw line, they shot 16 of 30. Really embarrassing stuff from Gonzaga. I mean, they just were not playing well. But how do they win in the end? They have 62 points in the paint. 62 points in the paint. How did they do that? Well, once this big guy got injured, there was no height disadvantage for Gonzaga. So they could just pass the ball to Chet Holmgren, pass the ball to Drew Timmy, and it was a free layup every single time. And that's what they did in the last you know, 15 minutes of the game. Layup, layup, dunk, layup. All they had to do was give the ball to one of their big guys, just go up for it, boom. Easy, easy points. So that's what Gonzaga did to win the game. I was a really, I, I mean, I was rooting for Georgia State. I love a, a good underdog story. Would love to see a UMBC upset here. I think we saw a weakness in Gonzaga. So I'm going to spin this and say I was kind of right in the sense that one, once they didn't have that height disadvantage, they did trample over Georgia State and did win by 20 points. I did say they would win by 20 points. Um, Now, Gonzaga did show weakness, which I also said was the case. I don't think that they're a national contending team. I think they do not make it to the Final Four and have them losing to Arkansas, actually, which I think that's the elite. I don't even think they make the Elite Eight in that case. So I have Gonzaga losing pretty early on um, compared to most people. And so I do think Gonzaga has the weaknesses. They showed those weaknesses. And so I'm look, I am look. I feel good about that. And the last take for my spin zone is Kentucky. 
Kentucky, you know, obviously loses in an overtime game against St. Peter's. Um, where I was wrong here, I thought Kentucky blew, would blow them out. I did not give St. Peter's the respect they deserve. But that said, nobody did. Um, so I think Kentucky was in, in the final four in 33% of brackets. And so there was a lot of people very upset by this Kentucky loss. Me, however, my spin, I think Kentucky sucks. Never thought they were good. I laughed at people who said they were national championship teams. And I also said that they would lose in not even the Elite Eight. I have them losing fairly early on as well. So I was very happy with the upset now because you know they would have had to play a pretty easy game in uh, Murray State is in their side. Yeah, Murray State. So um, very happy that they got they got beat early. I had them losing to Purdue um, in my bracket, but I'll take the loss now. Gives me less pressure for Purdue to get to the Final Four. Um, so Kentucky, I was wrong, but love to see Kentucky lose. So, And then those are my spin takes, my uh, B-button takes. And so my last segment is the lucky few takes, right? These are the, the very few ones where I was right, because I'm, I'm probably going to be more wrong than I am right. So I'm going to try to take some pride in the ones that I actually do get right. And the first of those takes, which I think is a very significant one, was my take on the Mountain West Conference as a whole. I had said the Mountain West Conference was the most overrated conference. I was very confused as to why the committee had given them such high seeds, gave them four entries into the tournament. I didn't see it. They had no good out-of-conference wins. And all of that showed. And so all of my picks won against the Mountain West Conference. They had four teams get in. Colorado State, Boise State, Wyoming, and San Diego. For the play-in game, I had I had Indiana winning by double digits. They did just that against Wyoming. Uh, I had Michigan winning double digits over Colorado State. They did just that. Memphis won. I said that Memphis was going to demolish Boise. They were winning by 20 at the half, and they win by double digits in the end, even though Boise State did have a nice little comeback there. But Memphis was going to win that game 20 by you know by double digits points the whole time. And I also said Creighton was going to win. Not by double digits, but they were an underdog. They were money line underdog. They did end up winning in overtime against San Diego State. That was the closest of them all. But yeah, Mountain West, 0 for 4. My take on the Mountain West Conference being bad and none of them getting passed ended up succeeding. So I was happy to see that. You know, really saw some good gameplay though. Michigan had a little comeback there that they needed against Colorado State. I think they were down like 14 points at one point to Colorado State. But, you know, these teams just do not have the ability to to handle the pressure. So when Michigan starts getting a roll going, Colorado State doesn't know how to respond to that. They didn't have any adjustments to Dickinson getting down into the paint and just physically manhandling their team. There's no response to that. Um, There's no response to San Diego State having extreme defensive pressure from Creighton in the last nine minutes of the second half where they basically hold them to 62 points for over six minutes so that... Creighton can score nine straight points and take this game into overtime. Mount West just doesn't have that kind of ability because they don't play those kind of teams. They don't know what that's like. So glad to see they were 0-4 there. I mean, you know, I feel bad for the teams, but, you know, feel good for my picks. So the next one, next take, I threaded the needle on Arkansas and Vermont. You know, I had said on my podcast that Arkansas was going to win the game outright, but that they were going to have a very tough time against Vermont. It was going to be very similar to the Colgate game that they had last year. And Vermont covered the spread, which I said would happen. The spread was plus five for Vermont. I said, bet the money on Vermont, but have Arkansas in your bracket. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, It was a very close game all the way through. 
I think Arkansas was able to manage getting through for a couple reasons. One, their defense, regardless, is very good. You know, I mean, Vermont won their conference game by, I think, 40 points. You know, they can shoot. They're not a bad team. But Arkansas's defense is elite. It's elite. And they also know what their weaknesses are. Their weakness is shooting. If you look, their shooting was not that impressive. 33% from the three-point line, 43% from the field. They didn't play, they didn't outplay, outshoot Vermont. They outwitted them. They put all of their guys through the lane and tried to get fouls. They got 25 free throw attempts, and they hit 80% of those. 20 points from the free throw line. If they don't have as many of those fouls come in, they don't win this game. But they knew that since they can't shoot that well, that they were going to basically take the inexperience of these Vermont players, force the fouls in order to win this game. And that's exactly what they did. This game was tied 67 all at one point. And the reason they win 75 to 71 is because they know they could get a ton of fouls. I mean, there were 21 fouls called on Vermont. So, you know, they they just outsmarted it. This is good coaching by uh, the must bus, Eric Musselman. This is great coaching. And their points in the paint, 28 points, very good. Um, And, you know, points off turnovers. They took advantage of, you know, their defensive plays and and really capitalized on those since they're not going to be better in out shooting. You know, if they can get a fast break where, you know, they they steal a ball and are able to get a free layup, they'll they'll take it because that's better than them having to be forced to actually shoot to win. So I was right about Vermont and Arkansas. Very happy to see that. Um, You know, you got to feel bad for the Catamounts, but got to love the Razorbacks. The next take, Tennessee. If Tennessee didn't look like the most impressive team out of everyone that played today, then I don't know what basketball you saw. And I'm very happy that they're my pick to win the entire thing. They were the best value to begin with. They're still the best value. Tennessee absolutely demolished this Longwood team, which was shooting extremely well in the first half. Most teams would crack under the pressure. Longwood had shot like 80% from the field and 60% from the three-point line in the first 15 minutes, maybe. But Tennessee was just responding right back. Every single time there was a three-pointer, Tennessee would come up and hit another three-pointer right back. They end up winning this game by 32 points. And they spread the, they spread the wealth. I mean, Viscovi only has 18 points. You know, they shoot 58% from the three-point line. They're shooting 14 out of 24 three-pointers. Huge. 60% from the field. And they're getting, you know, they didn't have too many free throw opportunities, but getting their free throws in is important. Um, a lot of points off the turnovers. They're really capitalizing over those. 30 points in the paint. They have the most well-rounded game. I am so excited to watch this team play. You have no idea. So excited because they are good at both ends of the ball. 29 assists in this game. Huge numbers. 28 rebounds. I mean, they are just all over the ball. Forcing turnovers left and right. No one's going to beat them. I really, I truly believe that. And when we get to the picks later, you'll see my thoughts against Michigan, which is Tennessee's next opponent. But the final take is North Carolina, my team. Uh, UNC wins 95 to 63, 95 being the highest score of any team in this first round so far. Um, North Carolina just demolishes Marquette, not even close. 
And it's not for the reasons you think. You know, it wasn't because R.J. Davis and uh, and Caleb Love have some lights out three point shooting contest that they're just you know hitting over fifty percent from from beyond the arc. They only shoot thirty seven percent from beyond the arc here. The reason they win this game is because their rebounds are insane. Armando Baycott is a presence in the paint. I mean, forty six rebounds is huge. They're, he is the I think he, I mean he was the third highest rebounder in, in the country this year. 29 assists, 38 points in the paint, 23 second chance points from all those offensive rebounds. And then, you know, not that many turnovers. It's, you know, what are you going to do? Marquette's defense didn't come to show really. I didn't think they did a fantastic job. Uh, field goal wise, I mean, they were just running down the lanes left and right. Um, you know, they get 34 shots in, 34 field goals. So, yeah, it's 46%, but if you're able to make in 34 out of 74 attempts, you're going to win the game. So, uh, really good job by UNC here. I don't know if they carry that in going forward, but they were the very, very easy pick uh, for this game. So, some other you know miscellaneous recaps uh, and whatnot, if you, if you care about the overall record, for all of the express spread and money line picks that I gave um, on a just pick-for-pick basis, I did 66.6%. That includes the 3-1 record I had for the play-in games um, before today. So 66.6% so far in the tournament. Uh, I'll take over 500. But, you know, that includes Moneyline dogs like Creighton and some of these other people that I picked that were not expected to win. So, um, you know, if you're you're betting unit-wise, then we're doing okay so far. I will take over 500. Not the best performance, and we will do better hopefully tomorrow and Saturday. Um, but lots of upsets, so I'll take that in what was a very crazy March Madness beginning. Um, and in terms of the other games that we didn't really talk about, Baylor wins in a landslide against Norfolk State. They didn't really have a chance. Uh, UCLA wins in a very close one. Um, I think this is an outlier. Akron played very, very good defense. Um, UCLA just wasn't really feeling it. They weren't hot today. Uh, they were very lucky to get out of that one alive. I mean, they were down 51-46 at one point, probably a couple minutes left, four minutes left. UCLA goes lights out on them, is scoring big, playing giant defense, and uh, for some reason, Akron just forgets how to play basketball. So UCLA got very lucky in that one, but they win in a close one. And then Murray State edging out in the overtime against San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco gets in some foul trouble. Very unfortunate for them. Murray State will go on with their 31-2 and record now. And then Kansas rolls over Texas Southern. I don't think there was even a shot there to begin with. Texas Southern won, having to be tired from the Corpus Christi game. That was the only play-in game that I lost. I had Corpus Christi winning as an as a underdog. I thought Corpus Christi would play well. They did. They were up, and then three minutes left. They kind of just forget how to play defense and and kind of barely lose to Texas Southern. And then Texas Southern gets just demolished by Kansas, not even close. So that's it for the recap of Thursday. Now let's look into Saturday. Um, and this is my last little segment. I'm going to call it the I don't know shit segment. This is where I'm going to make some predictions on those upcoming games. I feel like media, a lot of sports analysts and bookmakers, they try to act like they know everything. They know what's going on. They've got the behind the scenes information. But in the end, it's all a guessing game. You know, nothing is decided beforehand. The games aren't rigged. I'm going to call it the I don't know shit segment because I don't know anything. I'm not going to say take my picks. You can take them if you want, but just keep in mind, I don't know shit, so don't listen to me. 
So that's what we're going to call this segment. So I've got the, the newly posted spreads up of, of the games. And so we'll start off from the very top. Gonzaga versus Memphis. Gonzaga favored by 10 and a half. I've got Memphis plus 10 and a half here. I think Gonzaga probably wins the game. You know, I think it's a close one though. Memphis is a very physical team. We saw that with the Boise State game. If they play anything like they did in that first half, Gonzaga has some real trouble. Um, I think they've got an answer to Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. Memphis, with Penny Hardway as their coach, is very, very physical, very aggressive in the paint. I think that's very good for them as well, considering Gonzaga's been very lazy on their defensive side in the paint. So I'm going to take Memphis plus 10 and a half. Um, I'm sure Gonzaga will somehow finagle their way through this one, though, only to lose in the next match, of course, though. So next one, New Mexico State, Arkansas. Arkansas favored by six and a half. This might be one of the easiest picks of the of the day. Arkansas minus six and a half is a lock. They're going to win by double digits. New Mexico State caught lightning in a bottle. They're not shooting 65% from the three-point line. This game is not even close. I don't think Arkansas will have any problem getting through New Mexico State. Their defense is elite, unlike UConn. I think New Mexico State is going to have a real, real problem facing Arkansas here. I think Arkansas wins. They probably win by more than 11 points. I'm going to say that. Next one, Baylor and UNC. This game pains me. Baylor's favored by five and a half. I have Baylor winning in my bracket against UNC. It's very sad. Baylor should be favored by more here, which has me concerned. But at the same time, I know North Carolina. I've watched them play all year. They're, you know, just when you think they look phenomenal and they're shooting extremely hot, they for some reason have some inconsistent game. Look at the ACC tournament. They beat Virginia, just demolished them on both sides of the ball. And then they lose to Virginia Tech and score barely over 50. So I think that North Carolina is going to have trouble against this Baylor's perimeter defense. I don't think they win this game. I'm going to take Baylor minus five and a half here, even though I hate it. And it's kind of me doing a little you know, win-win situation where if Baylor wins uh, the minus five and a half, then that looks good on my reputation. But if North Carolina wins, that's my team. So I'm going to go with the win-win. Next game, St. Mary's and UCLA. UCLA is favored here by three and a half. I think UCLA is the pick. A lot of people are going to look at these games and say recency bias, right? St. Mary's wins by 30 points against Indiana. UCLA barely beats a mid-major school in Akron, right? Or I I guess Mac is mid-major. Yeah, whatever. They beat a Mac school, right? Um, But, you know, the Mac action can be fun. And so I think UCLA just kind of had a little bit of an interesting, you know, got all the nerves out kind of game. I still think they're way more talented than the St. Mary's team. I mean, St. Mary's team has a great defense. I'm not going to you know, say that, but like they do play patty take teams. They also caught kind of lightning in the bottle, you know, shooting 50% from the three-point line. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to repeat that. They look pretty tired out there kind of towards the end. And St. Mary, this is a close spread. UCLA being favored by only three and a half seems quite, you know, tight. I'm going to go UCLA, minus three and a half. I'd rather St. Mary's win for my bracket, but I'm going to have UCLA winning this game and and winning it by more than three and a half points. Next game, Murray State and St. Peter's. I think that uh, Murray State being favored by eight. Murray State is going to win this game double digits. St. Peter's got a, a fairly lucky role and played their heart outs, their hearts out, excuse me, and I, I think they're going to be tired from this game. 
They, I don't know if they have the endurance. Both of these games go to overtime. So both these teams are going to be tired. Murray State's got the depth, though. St. Peter's had a little bit of foul trouble. Uh, they had over, over 21 fouls. And if you saw the Murray State game, they're very, very good at pulling fouls. San Francisco had, let me pull up the numbers, but the fouls that were in that San Francisco-Murray State game, <clears throat> I've never seen that many fouls in my life. San Francisco, I think, had two or three players go out total towards the end. Tape and, and Wurstheimer, or whatever the guy's name is. But they drew out 24 fouls on San Francisco. I mean, I'm going to take Murray State minus eight. Minus eight. I think that St. Peter's is going to get in some trouble here. They're, they're, they're not as deep as Murray State is. I think Murray State's on a good roll. I'd rather St. Peter's win this game. But I think Murray State definitely can pull the eight, the minus eight there. Uh, next one is uh, Michigan and Tennessee. This is the game I'm looking forward to most. Um, not only because I have Tennessee winning the whole thing, but because I think it's going to be a national embarrassment for Michigan. I think you need to be on on Juwan Howard watch. There's a possibility he tries to smack another coach because they are going to lose this game by double digits. Tennessee is going to demolish Michigan. It's going to be not even close. It might be a 20-point win by Tennessee. I don't think it's going to be anywhere close. Michigan is just not ready for this team. They got kind of lucky to beat Colorado State, if I'm being honest. If they weren't playing a Mountain West team, Michigan loses in this round. They, they got very lucky they were playing a Mountain West team. They are not going to beat Tennessee. Tennessee is the superior team. Michigan doesn't have a shooting threat. We don't know what the status is on their point guard. We saw today that their guard play is super weak without their without their main guy. So um, I, I just don't trust them against this fully healthy, fully capable Tennessee team that shot 60% from the three-point line. I'm going to take Tennessee. Minus six, but you can take an alternate line of minus 11 and try to make more from it. Next game, Creighton and Kansas. Kansas favored by 9.5. I think the spread makes sense. Uh, Creighton didn't really impress me against this San Diego team. I knew they'd win. Didn't think that it'd be this close. Uh, their defense didn't really kind of show. You know, they showed towards the end there when, you know, they needed it. But if they can't show the defense from the start, they have zero chance against Kansas. Um, I feel like this game will be close in the beginning. And then, so I would take Creighton in the first half spread, whatever that is. Uh, probably like 5 I'd take Creighton plus five in the first half. But, you know, Kansas minus nine and a half is the pick here. I'm not confident on it. I'm not suggesting it. Just like I'm not suggesting the Murray State pick. Those are the two picks I'm very concerned about. But if you had to pick one here, Kansas will win by double digits. Next game, final game, Providence and Richmond. Providence favored by two and a half. Uh, This game is going to have me kicking myself a million times over because Providence, I, t- I, I don't want to get caught in the same trap as before where I had Providence, which was minus two last time, losing. They're favored by two and a half again. But I feel like the matchup here makes a little bit more sense. I feel like Richmond can hold them. So I'm going to have Richmond pulling up some crazy run here. Providence is the weakest four seed out of them all. If they can respond to Ben Watson, they're going to win this game. And I think they do. So I'm going to take Richmond, winning outright, money line. The, the spread is so freaking thin. 
I mean, Providence should not be favored by two and a half in any in any means against an A10 team that didn't even win the, the conference championship. So I'm going to take Richmond money line here. The, the the line doesn't make sense, and Richmond does have the answer to Providence's uh, strength, which is Watson. So I'm going to take that. Richmond will go, and Richmond will play Kansas in the Sweet 16. And that's it for today. Oh, I guess well, there's the um, uh, Notre Dame Alabama game. I didn't have. I had Notre Dame winning, which is good, but I guess I didn't have the spread beforehand. Um, so I'm going to have Notre Dame winning uh, money line. They're underdogs by four points against Alabama. I think that that spread should tell you everything. So I've got Notre Dame winning. Mike Bray, great coach. And then Arizona versus Wright State. The spread is 21 and a half. I've got Arizona winning that one as, or sorry, I have Arizona winning outright, but I have Wright State covering that spread 21 and a half. I think they give the Wildcats some trouble. And so that's it for today. I will be back tomorrow with Sunday's uh, predictions and the Friday recap. Uh, Best of luck to your brackets and your teams. I'll talk to you soon.